This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the globe. And today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm, I'm happy to be done with this volatile week. So much to cover. So uh, let's get into it. Absolutely huge week. Uh, where should we start? Well, let's start with the breaking news this afternoon. And that, of course, was the latest uh, non-farm payroll, the jobs report from the United States. It was a complex report. And I would imagine that investors will be disappointed by today's data, uh, particularly as there's been much more positive economic data issued recently but the numbers aren't that impressive they're disappointing aren't they it was disappointing i think it it is a complex report we have to you know remember there there's a lot of seasonal factors in play we're dealing with the base effects of covid um and uh surprisingly uh, there was uh, I, I think this one caught everyone off by guard but uh, there was a a big decrease of uh, 161,000 jobs in state and local education i mean schools came they they uh, reopened in september so um that really uh had a lot of economists scratching their heads but but i think in the end uh you could see that the labor market recovery is still being is still dealing with the delta variant impact but it has done nothing to derail uh what the fed is is likely to do in november 3rd and that's to formally announce the tapering of its asset purchases so i think it's a not a great report uh i mean most economists uh miss this one i think only one of the 71 surveyed had their estimate um slightly below this number so you know expectations were high you know the consensus was for 500,000 the whisper number was about 200,000 so in so for some people, it was, uh, you know, kind of anticipated. But I, I think you're going to see that this is still, you know, an economy that has uh, a labor market that is improving. And I think that when we consider September was the uh, end of the pandemic unemployment benefits, you're probably going to see more incentivized Americans to um, return to the workforce in October as they'll have no more benefits. So I think you're, you're probably going to see the economy is still going to head in the right direction. But this was a disappointing report. Delving a little bit deeper into the figures, the unemployment rate fell from 5.2% in August to 4.8%. There were notable job gains in hospitality, retail, transportation. But with 7.7 million people out of work, unemployment remains considerably higher than it was before the pandemic. And I was just wondering, we have in this country, in the United Kingdom, a labour shortage. Is it the same problem in the US? Is it a question of marrying the two? You've got the people who are unemployed you've got these positions which are open it's just about getting the two together or maybe it's just not that possible because they don't have the skills it's a similar story um i think you know next week we'll, we'll also get the uh, jobs opening report which is supposed to remain steady at 10.9 million so we currently have 10.9 million jobs available so that's uh, uh, a pretty significant number uh, and, and i think when you take a look at the unemployment rate as you mentioned uh, it did uh, provide a for many people, it's a surprise drop. You know, 4.8%. We're in the fours, uh, and you know, the the Fed's uh, longer-term uh, goal is 4%. So I think you're seeing um, the optimism there is 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 growing. That we're 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 
you know, probably uh, at some point next year going to, to, to see a complete recovery here. Um, what's interesting, though, is the reason we had the labor force participation participation rate drop was uh, because women are leaving the job market. And uh, that, you know, is is mainly because um, for a lot of households, uh, you know, the, the child care burden still remains. Uh, and uh, I think you're going to see that that hopefully will get better in, in the, the coming months. But um, I, I think this is a, a very complex report, and you're probably going to see that the recovery of jobs is, is, is going to take a lot longer than many people anticipated. But I think there is still strong optimism that um, as, as COVID cases continue to uh, head lower, uh, and now that we have more solutions in, in fighting this virus, uh, the COVID pill now, and I think in, uh, children are going to be able to get vaccinated, uh, there, there's strong optimism that um, you know, you know, we're going to see a lot more normalcy uh, next year, and uh, uh, that should uh, benefit the employment um, report um, in these coming months. Okay, let's turn to a different subject and um, commodities, energy, and so on. Uh, all the headlines in this country, well, not all of them, but a good tranche of them, have been about the price of natural gas and, of course, oil as well. We did have. A meeting from OPEC Plus earlier in the week where it was decided there'd be no additional output. As far as the natural gas price is concerned, well, that soared, as we all know by now, but then came right back down again after those choice comments from uh, Vladimir Putin, who has offered to ease uh, Europe's gas crisis. I mean, it says something when we have to doff our caps to Vladimir Putin, praying that he can actually help bring down the price of gas because long term or certainly medium term, this is very worrying, isn't it? When households are so dependent on their gas and electricity, you could have a situation even in this country where people just can't afford to pay. It was definitely a, a wild week for energy prices. And I, I think what we're starting to see is it's not even really cold out there, at, at least for the, the northern hemisphere. And, and you're, you're, you're seeing uh, tremendous demand already uh, for, for natural gas, for crude. And, and uh, I think what you're, you know, the key takeaway is uh, we're, we're going to have higher oil prices in the short term. Uh, natural gas is going to remain very volatile. But I think, you know, the, the headlines of Putin, uh, President Putin saving the day and, uh, you know, when, when his comments, it basically uh, helped uh, erase a 40% jump <laughs> in uh, Europe's uh, you know, natural gas prices. And, and I think right now you're going to see uh, you know, the the path uh, for, you know, how this situation gets addressed is really complicated. And I think that you, you, you're going to probably see, um, you know, just focusing on oil right now, uh, the oil market was already in deficit. And I think we started to see um, there was some mixed demand because of the Delta variant impact over these past couple of months, but there was strong arguments being made. Um, that you know, OPEC should consider uh, increasing that uh, uh, November output goal. Um, you know, it was they've they outlined 400,000. I think that that was a, a conservative estimate. And and basically, what OPEC's doing is they're saying we're not worried about U.S. production coming back, and they're they're pretty content in uh, benefiting from higher oil prices and uh, you know you know, surging demand. I think that this market is going to stay in deficit. And, uh, you know, the the decision by OPEC Plus, it triggered a response from the White House. Um, you know, there was that Financial Times report where it it, uh, it basically, um, you know, surprised a lot of people when um, it 
they uh, reported that you know the U.S. is considering releasing their emergency oil reserves, and and uh, that you know it, it triggered a major reversal in oil. But then uh, the White House had to step back their comments. You know, the uh, Energy uh, Secretary Grant Granholms, she basically said all tools are on the table, but she didn't commit that we were going to see the U.S. tap their strategic petroleum reserves. And I, I think that's a card that the U.S. will have to play when, you know, if we're dealing with $90 oil or $100 oil and if we're having a much colder winter. So I think it's too early to play that card. And right now, I think you're going to probably see, uh, you know, the, the the gas crisis in Europe, what that has done. Um, you know, I think uh, earlier in the week, Saudi Aramco's CEO noted that because of that shortfall in natural gas, we've seen a pickup of over 500,000 barrels per day in crude. So, uh, you know, the, this this market, the oil market is, is going to run hot. I think it's going to be tight and you're going to probably see that uh, oil prices are, are going to be extremely volatile. And you're going to see uh, government leaders globally just try to address this. Um, you know, you're going to probably hear lots more chatter about China, India, and the U.S., uh, you know, getting ready to tap their reserves to, to, to thwart this move in prices. But uh, it's becoming a, a very, um, I think, one-way trade. And uh, with that, you're, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot of investors, they're, they're uh, you know, looking to have protection here um, with higher higher um, gas, oil, gas and oil prices. And right now, you're probably going to see um, this market is going to remain hot and it's going to be really hard to, to I think, uh, derail that unless you start to have expectations that we're not going to have a, a very cold winter. And what is unavoidable, of course, is the likelihood of um, much higher inflation coming up. I've heard some commentators this week suggest 6% in this country alone. What's it like for you over there in terms of those sorts of numbers I mean, you're already higher than us anyway, but where are those numbers predicted to go? Well, this energy crisis is pretty significant. It's affecting everything. Um, you know, even BSAF, they're saying they're not going to be um, making more pesticides. I think you're going to see that this is going to, you know, eventually work its way into food prices, uh, and which have already been soaring. Uh, I think that you, you know, when we consider, you know, the, the inflation we've seen, you know, and depending on your region, um, uh, uh, Latin America emerging markets—they've been uh, dealing with runaway inflation. I think you're you're seeing uh, for many countries it's at the highest level in over a decade, and uh, I, I think that you know the the, the fear is that uh, you know it, it's going to take a while for for uh, those those uh, pricing pressures to ease. So um, no, we we live in a market right now where you've had many central banks already start to to um, deliver uh, quicker uh, than expected tighten cycles. And uh, no, it's going to really complicate the, the global economic recovery. Um, a lot of the inflation is transitory. Uh, some of it will will definitely persist. So I think that, uh, you know, we're we're going to be um, extremely inflation focused, I think, over the, you know, the next uh, six to 12 months, um, as that will really dictate, I think, uh, how investors uh, allocate their positions. But right now, it's, it's, uh, it's very, uh, I think, uh, disruptive to the global economic recovery. And, and I think we're, you know, a lot of people are anticipating that, you know, this is the peak uh, for large parts of that inflation. And I think that uh, it still can run a little bit hotter. But, uh, but I do anticipate that eventually, we're, we're going to, uh, 
early in the first quarter, start to see prices come back down. But the the, the concern for me is food prices. I think that that um, could really be a game changer to um, a lot of these uh, bullish outlooks for global equities. Talking of things going up, massive moves in Bitcoin this week, weren't there, uh, Ed? Uh, now around $54,000, I think, last time I looked, prices hitting a near five-month high. So my question that I, I asked you off-air before was, you know, is Bitcoin becoming the new gold? Do people rush to Bitcoin during times of concern? This week, it looked like it. I, I was It was very surprising to see, uh, you know, earlier in the week, we had risk aversion. We had, you know, global equities were selling off. And uh, you, 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 uh, you had a stronger dollar emerging and, and, and looked at, look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin was surging. Bitcoin was rallying. Um, it, it, uh, it became clear early in the week that um, you've seen uh, not just retail, but institutional traders, uh, they, they really have uh, changed their approach. In, in cryptos, the long-term holder uh, mentality is uh, firmly in place. And um, right now, um, you know, the, the calls for an extended consolidation because of the regulatory fears, those completely got erased after you heard two key comments. Uh, in, the, in the past week, we've heard Fed Chair Powell saying that he's not looking to ban cryptocurrencies, and you had a very similar comment from SEC's uh, Gensler. So two of the, the more powerful regulatory figures uh, that people were fearing were going to disrupt uh, cryptocurrencies basically said, crypto's here to stay. And, and that gave the green light for a lot of investors. Um, and uh, I, I think that you're, you're seeing this, uh, um, you know, quicker than expected recovery. Um, you know, I've maintained um, a fairly upbeat stance on cryptocurrencies, uh, uh, but, but I think, you know, so, some of these signs from uh, uh, Powell and Gensler um, really just, I think, uh, were the fuel to this, to this rally, and, and right now, you're you're probably going to see that um, there's just a lot of momentum behind this move. You're, you're you had a lot of money on the sidelines that were waiting, and uh, you know some you know a couple of years ago people were saying it's digital gold. I think now uh, Bitcoin traders would be offended uh, by labeling it gold because gold has really uh, disappointed um, over the past year, despite um, um, you know how well many risky assets have performed and, uh, and especially commodities um, so so i think you're, you're seeing this is a a major moment here in cryptos and and there's optimism too that uh in the next few months we're going to get that bitcoin etf so um it just looks like the regulatory fears have somewhat passed even though we're still going to get the fed's paper in the next month or so on central bank digital currencies you're still seeing um, uh, a a market that is uh, um, trying to get a better sense of, you know, this energy consumption on cryptos, how bad of an impact is that? Will we see ESG concerns completely alleviated to allow more Wall Street money to come into the space? Um, but but for now, um, it, it, it seems that the, uh, the crypto scams, the exchanges going under, the all those fears have really alleviated um, 
for in the short term and, and uh, Bitcoin's got a lot of momentum here. So I think uh, next week, uh, the volatility will remain elevated. Um, it could, could actually happen over the weekend too. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I would not be surprised if we saw a move to either 50 or 60,000. Uh, but I think long term, you're still looking at higher prices. Uh, but um, um, after a big surge like this, um, you know, you're 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 probably going to see um, a lot of short retail positions uh, jump on the on the bandwagon. And typically, you, you see those guys get squeezed out before we push higher. So uh, volatility will remain uh, amplified here. Talking of next week and talking of the Fed, it's going to be a busy old week, isn't it? Including a potential decision from President Biden on Jay Powell and whether to um, keep the man in the job. <laughs> uh, next week is big for the Fed. Um, you know, I think uh, and I wish we've had more time over the past couple of weeks to discuss the 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 Fed trading controversy. But uh, that is a is a is a, an important story. Um, you know, about a month ago. You know, if you were, I think we, we might have discussed this, but uh, I would have said the odds of Powell getting renominated were, were at least 95%. Then we had this uh, Fed, Fed trading scandal. And what's really uh, complicated, uh, I think, uh, this uh, renomination is that you, you have a Senator Elizabeth Warren who is just going after Powell. And it's important to remember, you know, remember that she's a progressive she's a democrat democrats right now are are fighting to get their uh, economic uh, package pushed through congress and uh, it looks like that the conservative democrats are going to have them have to uh, concede uh, a little bit you know it's not 3.5 economic trillion package it's probably going to be closer to 2 trillion um, or even even possibly less and uh, you you have this fed trading scandal which impacted you know, Vice Chair Clarida. Um, it, uh, it it also was uh, followed by two uh, resignations from uh, Boston Fed President Rosengren um, and also uh, Dallas Fed uh, President Kaplan, who um, that I think uh, will take place uh, uh, next week. So, so I think you're you're, you're seeing, um, and medical conditions were the the reason for one of them, but really the, the trading scandal would have I think uh, led to that as well. Um, so, so you have all this pressure now that you know under your watch you had this uh, bad behavior, um, and and the timing of these trades uh, is really uh, I think drawing a lot of scrutiny. Um, you know, even uh, you know Bloomberg also reported that uh, Clarida moved about one to either between one and $5 million on a bond fund uh, on February 26th of 2020. So, you know, the low in stocks was March. <laughs> so um, you're, you're, you're seeing all this pressure now um, start to, to, to grow for, for Biden to make a change. The problem is um, you're, you know, the, the front runner to replace Powell was gonna be Lael Brainerd, but she, um, might be dragged down in this mess to, of this trading scandal um, as far as the oversight. Uh, and so so there's so much complication on what, what the Biden administration is going to do. And the reason why next week is so key is that uh, you have uh, the um, term of uh, Randy Quarles. Um, he's the vice chair for supervision. Uh, his term ends on the 13th. Uh, so it's expected that, you know, you could see 
you know, a, a decision by uh, President Biden on, on whether or not he'll renominate Powell. And I, I think right now that is still the base case. Um, my confidence level, it's, it's still high, but I'd say it's probably more like 70-30 that Powell will get renominated. Um, but uh, I think, you know, the progressives and there is a growing uh, amount of Democrats that want Powell removed, but I, I think that will likely lead to some other concessions on the uh, debt limit and uh, um, overall spending packages that we'll be seeing in the, in the coming months. So a lot to, 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 to deal with. And, and uh, I think what you're also going to see, you know, the, the whole, you know, focus next week, you know, that is going to be a big part of it. But we're going to hear from two of the more dovish members, uh, Feds Evans and Fed Brainerd. Um, and I think a lot of investors are going to want to see, you know, are they going to change their uh, tune about inflation being transitory? And that could really, I think, uh, you know, uh, get the bond market going again, get the bond market sell off, uh, resuming and sending yields higher if they if they start to um, become more concerned about inflation. Um, we'll hear from uh, several other members, but I think the focus will be on those dovish members. And and uh, it, it's, uh, it's a week that's also filled with the Fed's minutes. And uh, I think that you're, you're going to see that uh, everyone's going to be looking to see, you know, what is going to be the tipping point to, uh, to make uh, some of these Fed members just say, um, no, we were wrong about inflation. Fascinating. Um, for reasons of geographic balance, we should also contemplate what might happen outside of the Fed and outside of the United States in the next week. Um, what else should we look out for? Well, next week, uh, we, we have uh, there, there is a lot going on. I think um, you're, you're going to see a lot of investors. Uh, they're going to be focused on um, the IMF World Bank uh, meetings. Uh, you're you're going to have lots of of influential leaders uh, speaking throughout the entire week um, with respect to um, economic data. Uh, and we also have uh, the, the G20 trade ministers, they're meeting in Italy, that starts on Tuesday. Uh, the IMF will uh, also on Tuesday release their uh, World Economic Outlook and their Global Financial Stability Report. Uh, that, that also will, I think, provide uh, some uh, downgrades possibly to the to the uh, to the outlook for for next year um, but but um, as far as uh, you know the, the the key data points I think for me uh, Tuesday's going to be a big day because you'll have the the German uh, ZEW survey expectations you'll have uh, UK jobless claims and unemployment data released uh, that's going to be uh, very important to watch and uh, I think uh, we, we can't ignore earnings season. That kicks off on uh, Wednesday, JP Morgan reports. Then we'll hear from the rest of the banks uh, in the coming days. Um, it's a, I think a, one other uh, focal point too that, um, you know, we, we had golden week this week in China. Uh, and today they did return uh, for Friday trade, but uh, uh, it wasn't the normal trading flows and volumes and uh, i think you're going to see there's going to be a big focus on china uh next week too we also have chinese a lot a wrath of chinese data trade their medium-term lending facilities uh, we also get their their cpi readings as well um so that that's going to be key um uh, for the us um, the main data points will be uh, us cpi and us retail sales cpi on wednesday retail sales on friday um, and uh, no, I, I think you're going to see that a lot of traders, um, they're going to 
they're, they're turning cautious right now. You know, there's there's good reasons to be optimistic long term, but there's still so many risks. This energy crisis um, is is really, I think, going to be on the you know the front page, and uh, I, I think that uh, if you you start to see uh, persistent uh, you know rising prices here. Um, that's going to um, really, I think, uh, uh, damage the outlook for um, certain countries. I think the U.S. would be able to still remain attractive, um, even if we, we we push another 5% higher here in oil prices. But um, anything beyond that, then um, you're, you're going to have a lot of nervousness. Batten down the hatches, Ed. <laughs> it's going to be a bumpy ride, I think. Hate to say that, but I've got a funny feeling about it. Thanks very much for joining us today. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. The Oanda Podcast.